All right, here we are with another episode of the Spectrum Dad podcast. Today, I am joined by Disorderly Conduct Media, uh, Esther and Brianna. How are you, ladies? We're good. Hey. Hi. We're pretty good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, both of these ladies, I'm excited to have them on. They have a new podcast coming out. When is it? When are you guys launching it? In January? Uh, yeah, January 7th will be the launch of episode one. We're expecting to drop a little kind of intro, episode zero, in December. Oh, perfect, so. perfect. Now, both of these ladies, uh, do you guys want to introduce yourselves? They're both uh, neurotypical. They both, you know, you both have different diagnoses. So, you know, whoever wants to go first. I know you guys are- Yeah, I can go ahead and uh, yeah, leave that off, I guess. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I'm Brianna, and I am diagnosed with quite a few things. Um, most relevant to this podcast, I was diagnosed as autistic okay. at the age of 26. Um, and I'm also diagnosed with OCD, um, panic disorder, and PTSD. Quite so a quite a bit going on in, in my brain. Yeah. Um, and I think, but, you know, I have met so many other people on the spectrum, and a lot of them um, have been diagnosed, especially as females, you know, we've got a lot of other diagnoses that right. I think lead up to autism. That's not the first thing that they um, consider. So I think it's pretty typical from other females on the spectrum from what I've seen. Um, but yeah, so I'm 27 now. Um, I'm married, just recently moved to Connecticut. That's kind of what's going on in my life. Um, but yeah, Esther. Yeah, thank you. That's so kind. Um, I... My name is Esther. I was diagnosed. Uh, I was diagnosed with ADHD when I was 11. I went to. I think I went to counseling for a couple years. I tried a couple different uh, medication plans. I did not like any of them. I then went untreated until now. I'm 26 now, um, and I'm just recently. I think about two weeks ago now, getting back into counseling and getting treatment and trying to figure out. Uh, there's suspicion that maybe there's other things that I'm not diagnosed with. So it's a journey that I've, it's kind of like a journey that I've been on in the past that I'm, I don't want to say starting over, but you know, yeah. getting back into and figuring things out. Yeah. So it's yeah. good. And I'm learning a lot about myself and a lot about um, the community and just a lot in general. It's been a quite a ride. So. Yeah. I, th- I think we're all <laughs> learning because like my son, Alex is 11 now. <laughs> And he yeah. just got diagnosed with autism over the summer. Okay. <laughs> Three, he was diagnosed with ADHD and sensory processing disorder. And, at, you know, at the time they said he had some autistic symptoms, but not enough to uh, place him on the spectrum. So right. it, it's, it's funny how things change over time. Yeah, I got quite a bit of that on my on my journey as well. I've got autistic symptoms, autistic manifestations, um, lots of that before they were, I guess, you know, I, I mean, I guess it's sort of serious, so you don't want to throw the, yeah. the words around too easily, I know, especially as a parent, I'm sure you have a lot of um, experience with that yourself, because I know, you know, some people take it very seriously. For some people, it's, you know hit to their family or a, now was, so um, is like so. you just got diagnosed uh brianna 26 with autism it, now like how 
how long have you had, like, was this a thought in your mind? Like, did you have, you know, you obviously had to have some kind of suspicion that, you know, like, you know. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I, as an autistic person, I think one of my special interests is just uh, researching anything that I don't understand. Um, (laughs) That's something that Esther and I have really hardcore in common we both obsessively research and that's kind of where a lot of our friendship is founded um but yeah so i uh, um started my diagnosis journey i would like to say probably um about eight years ago i had been diagnosed um, with depression and panic disorder at the time and i started researching a lot and you know autism came up in communities where I was reaching out to talk about my mental health. Autism came up as something that pretty prevalent, I'd say, in the people who kind of flocked to the community to talk because I I get a lot of uh, comments from people um, who have been late diagnosed on the spectrum that a sense of belonging has always been right. very appealing to them because that there was something about them that they didn't really understand. So. That was very true for me as well. You know, I got into mental health community online. I had, I, I made a lot of friends. I talked to a lot of people about um, anxiety and depression, um, but autism never registered for me. You know, you get that very stereotypical definition of what it is supposed to look like. And I didn't think that I fit that. So I just kind of didn't want any more um, <laughs> ideas on my plate. You know, I can tend to be a bit obsessive. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, crazy how that works with OC. Um, <laughs> but um, so I didn't want to dive into anything else, but autism became something, it actually happened very quickly for me because okay. I was, you know, we had just got into quarantine um, and I had actually been pending for mental health disability before that. So I knew that I was going to be taking some time from work. Um, and I was kind of just, sitting at home one day scrolling through social media okay and i came across a tiktok by an influencer named Paige. i think i'm gonna say her her last name lail incorrectly but Paige um was talking about the differences in um <laughs> presenting in women and i watched that and i was like huh that's pretty crazy um I started reading and just like anyone on the spectrum yeah. will tell you you something piques your interest and then very suddenly you're down a rabbit hole okay um and I reached out to a couple organizations locally I was in Ohio at the time um and I knew that there was a big autism center at the children's hospital in downtown Columbus and so I reached out to them about <laughs> that's, that's and then funny they that, referred like, me to a therapist and here we are kind of you in because that's almost exactly what happened with us and Alex. I was looking for podcasts to learn more about uh, dealing with kids with ADHD and the (laughs) SPD. Uh And I came across this family's podcast and their little boy sounded exactly like Alex, just the way they were describing him. And their little boy also had autism. So it's funny, like I asked his, mm-hmm. uh, Alex's behavior therapist at the time, I was like, yeah, you know, am I completely off base here? Yeah. But, you know, is there, is there, is it, you know, could he possibly be on the spectrum? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And you know, so so many people, there's so much stigma around this stuff. So many people would see that and just dis right. so quickly. So good yeah. on you for now, really reaching out like, to your doctor and being like, hey, you know, we're not afraid of this world. An adult Let's talk on the about spectrum. it a little bit. So I mean, you know, like, cause like Alex is just starting, uh, you know, he has a behavior therapist. We're looking into occupational therapy, you know, um, mm-hmm. okay. Right. Yeah. Um, that's a great question. I personally have not received any services <laughs> for autism. I mean, I did that. I got married gotcha. this summer and then I moved. So, um, my husband's in the military, so we kind of picked move pretty abruptly. So, um, I've been trying to settle in and I just started seeing a new doctor. So I think we're going to, and I, I opened nice. up that conversation with her, a couple weeks ago. And so we're going to move forward into the new year, kind of looking yeah. into things. I've been uh, told a little bit about a few drug treatments, but no real services. I think with autism, especially, you know, you're treating symptoms or you're treating yeah. side effects. You're not really treating autism. There's not a treatment. There's not a cure. That's not something that needs to be cured. Um, and so, right. So I think with children, it's often looked at, you know, that, because it's such a struggle, they're not so aware of what's going on. They have no way to avoid it. I think services where communities jump in and help out are pretty more, pretty much more, I guess, uh, prevalent in the community. And but I think that's one of the big reasons why Esther exactly. and I are actually doing that is yeah. that you know we talk a lot about disabled children, but we don't talk a lot about who they turn into. You know, like how do they grow up? Um, and yeah. why we wanted to do this right. is to talk about like what do meltdowns look like when you're a 27 year old woman driving in a car by yourself or you're you know like what do those things look like um for the future and i think it's important for you know parents to have an idea of you know who what kind of lives their kids have to look forward to um but also just the there's a lot of late diagnoses coming out now as we're learning more <laughs> about it and just the sense of community. I mean, I found yeah. out I basically realized I had autism through a TikTok, and yeah, that, talking about it is, is that's the one talking about it is so important. Is it's just, very uh, you know, it, it's good work to do. So we kind of you know, you reach out and you're get open more information and you, out and there, open that conversation, and you know, it's just like you know the the support and uh, the people you meet. It's pretty overwhelming. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's crazy because I've done um, social media marketing and things for a lot of different businesses and stuff. And I've never had a community <laughs> like <Right>. the neurodivergent <laughs> community that just immediately jumps in and is welcoming. We don't care this. And it's I, I mean, it opens right. your eyes up to how different yeah, we all That's really great. are. It's good to see. Now, um, um, Esther, you were yeah. diagnosed with ADHD at 11? I was, yeah. <laughs> was, was that hard to come by, too? Because, uh, you know, like Alex was diagnosed at three. Right. So that came pretty quickly. But um, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure that I'm sure that was tough because I know, you know, I've seen him, especially with school and everything, uh, you know, go through go through some tough times. Yeah, I think uh, I think you're right. School was the big um, 
maybe the big indicator if nothing else i think it did yeah it did very much also affect um you know my my social interactions and my home life too but not in a way that anyone would have uh i guess that's something i'm learning a lot more about now is that's you know those things that people don't even realize are are different or are not like the way that a brain you know, a neurotypical brain would function. Um, so school is Absolutely. kind of the big one that that is the most noticeable. Because um, of course, you know, when a kid's grades start to slip, uh, you always try to think of what might be causing that and not, you know, you usually it's not, it's not that the kid just doesn't care that nine times out of 10 when children's grades aren't coming through or things are going wrong, especially in school, it's, something else is you know going on that's causing that um so we were getting things like my my teachers would say like you know she's doing really really well on this assignment or this whatever and she's everything looks great and they would show my parents an assignment and show them how well I did on this assignment and they would they would turn it over and say well we had to fail her anyway because she didn't flip over the page and turn and fill out the back there's two sides to the assignment. <laughs> she, she only pulled out half of it. She just didn't think to flip it over. Oh, um, God, I so, yeah, stuff like that. Or like my math, I think math was a big one because they, um, I was, you know, accelerated in math and I was one of those kids that, um, and I think this happens a lot too and it's worth talking about. I was one of those kids that was labeled, um, labeled gifted as a child and then, you know, developed into a place where they kind of, I guess, caught up or where other things got in the way and started holding them back. Right. Not that I'm, you know, not that I'm like special or, I, I mean, I think it is, I, I always say that like neurodivergence is, is almost kind of a superpower in its own way, um, of course, because our brains work in a lot of ways that other people's don't. And it's, uh, you know, different perceptions and different ways to see things and solve things. Um, but I guess that's what I was getting at is my math assignments. I would always turn in and they would, uh, some of my teachers were really nice about it and saw it differently and said, well, if she gets there in her own way, then she gets the grade anyway. But so I did have teachers that would say, well, I had to give her half the points because uh, all her answers are right. And she's seems really smart, but we just, we're seeing the, when she's explaining her work, she's not getting there the ways that we're teaching or she's not using the message that we're teaching. So we're going to take points off because she's not understanding the way that we're getting there, but her answers seem yeah. right. So I guess she's doing okay. Um, right. Things like that. So, so that was the big indicator and they took me in and I remember, I even remember not really understanding anything really beyond uh, something was different about me and it was making me not get good grades, which was bad. And so that was bad. And they gave me pills. And if I took the pills, then I would get good grades, which was good. So I took the pills and I, I can't even pinpoint now. It was so long ago in my life. Um, so I can't remember quite now exactly what the reasons were that I didn't like the medication, but I think it was things along the lines of like, I just kind of felt like a zombie um, or like I was on autopilot all the time. Um, yeah. Kind of like a, almost like a mental, like mental white noise, I guess. I don't even know how to yeah. describe it. No, I know. I, I know. I mean, medication <laughs> yeah. Is, 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 medication's tough. 
because, it, you know, just going through it with Alex, I don't like the trial and error aspect of yeah. it. Yeah. Like, oh, just try this <laughs> and for six months and see how it goes. Yeah, it's kind of strange. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so we were, we were re- really reluctant um, to start Alex on anything. I mean, when he, yeah, he I was mean, diagnosed, I, yeah. one of the things out of the doctor's mouth was, how do you feel about medication? Right. And, yeah, you know he's three, four years well, old. Right, which my wife and I are like, no, nah, we're you know, yeah, we're good. <laughs> and it's funny, like you talk about school because it wasn't until third grade, like where he really <clears throat> ran into, yeah, and so finally started him on him on medication. But it's funny how the brain works. Um, <laughs> at the same time, mm-hmm. he also uh, went through a mm-hmm. bunch of testing from the school district. And they found out that, like, um, he does better if tests are uh, printed out in front of him instead mm-hmm. of, like, you know, with technology on an iPad. Or yeah. And, you know, oh my gosh. Uh, if he's got any choices on a multiple <laughs> choice test, it gets distracted. Yeah. You know, so, mm-hmm. like, that, kind, that yeah. kind of stuff always always fascinated me, like, how, how the you know, how they figure that out because, mm-hmm. it, you know... It, he made a heck of a turnaround once, <laughs> you know, once they put all those adjustments in place. Absolutely. And it's great that they're taking time to give him that individual treatment too. I remember, you know, it's so, it's so funny for me to hear you guys. Yeah. How all of this was going on during school and, you know, for Alex and for it affects their school. And for me, yeah. I- was out of school you know when I got my diagnosis okay. so uh well my sister is actually ADHD and I remember <laughs> the pretty much all that it was she had trouble focusing um she couldn't sit um and she didn't you know she couldn't really yeah. focus on her work and for me I am very much the opposite. I would sit down and focus on my work um, <laughs> and I would get it done with instructions and um, doing only what I was told to do and not ever taking the really, I'm, I'm a pretty creative person when it comes to actually yep. creating things, but creative thinking is not my So like someone tells me to do something and I followed through the direction. And then I just sit there and wait. Yeah. So I wasn't very good at this, I guess, of school for a long time. And I, I yeah. saw the help. my, And I remember feeling like I needed help, but I didn't need that help. Yeah. So it was right. black. It was like, I need help, but I don't need He does. And so I guess I don't need help. <laughs> um, so it was, yeah, it was very interesting really needed to do to get through most of school until I was in high school and then they wanted us to start coming up for writing or our own and I'm like I can't (laughs) that but I got you know I got my work done and so nobody thought anything was wrong interesting to me to have two very polar opposite community where you know you struggle your entire entire childhood and then you get treatment or, you know, if you don't have any struggles that affected you, you know, I was quiet enough yeah. as a kid, you know, nobody ever said, hey, thinking, you know, you don't say that to a six-year-old. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, so nobody knew because all of my show, you know, right. know it's fat very like different approaches, definitely. <laughs> he does a very good job of masking everything at school. Ooh. And like it's usually like he comes home from school and yeah, it all releases out at once, right? <laughs> which which is fine, but like when we had to uh tell school about his yeah. diagnosis, I'm like half uh, I was half expecting them to like kind of like uh you know disagree with it and, and dispute it, mm-hmm. but to, you know to my surprise they were nothing but supportive. But you know because he does he does such a good job of masking it around, uh you know like in uh, mm-hmm. places where he's you know kind of like almost like not comfortable. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, and I I think I had. I think the biggest thing is because I, you know, I hear this from you and then I actually have a neighbor who uh, mm-hmm. has started pursuing an autism diagnosis after she met me and I kind of talked to her about it who does exactly as yes. you said, you know, he goes no problems with behavior, no problems <laughs> you know, he's doing really great and then he comes home and he just and I was talking to her and I said, I, I feel that way too. I, you know, you would think I'm right. going to get overstimulated yeah. places and I do, but then I carry that because I feel yeah. vulnerable enough and say, you know, do whatever I, I do that. And I've always been afraid to bring that out doors with me. And I thought, <laughs> you know, I multiple personalities, like, is this yeah. just a different that I'm holding back all the oh, time. That, no, yeah. no, it's so it's, it's nice to know that I'm not alone with that. That is he's um, uh, noise sensitive. <laughs> yeah. And he's got his noise canceling headphones, which he uses a lot in the house. But uh, we've been more and more trying to get him to take them like out in public because, you know, especially now with everybody running around trying to get ready for the holidays and things are busy and crowded and stuff like that like he he likes to be you know he likes to go out and do things so he's trying to make it more comfortable but he's so self-conscious he's like dad i can't wear i can't wear that like that i'm gonna be the only one like no dude they're not you know they don't look like they they don't come with like a flash yeah because i'm noise sensitive they look like everybody else's headphones they're not you know that everybody that everybody wears these days Mm Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I, that's really funny to me okay. too, because um, I have so many little things. Like I yeah. love purses. <laughs> um, Esther and I have been friends since I, I was 14 years old. So we've been friends half our lives at this point, but, um, and I <laughs> yeah. just, and just very aware of my purse. And it wasn't in recent years that I started caring about, because I realized that the real like rubbing against <laughs> or hitting yeah. the jingle of you know whatever purse purse stuff, uh, and so now I started carrying a backpack and I just feel so much lighter. I it's something so simple, um, but I was always as an adult girl thinking, oh, if I carry this little. <laughs> backpack around yeah. with me i'm gonna look like a little girl and i'm i'm yeah. a big you know so i 
thing and insecurity that I had. Um, and so he and the community interaction that we're doing, um, I now to say, you know, if I have to take yeah. my stuffed animal outside yeah. with me, if I need to wear my little backpack, rainbows and unicorns on it, because that's what I like, then that, you know, and I, I remind myself that right. if don't hold back, then maybe that inspires some back you know somebody right. else decides they really like the back option for them or they can <laughs> wear their headphones out in public someone else yeah. is 27 yeah. and a weirdo carrying now you guys children. have your own podcast <laughs> coming out. Back. Like, why, is, you know, is that so, just further uh um, into your advocacy is that why you like why did you guys decide to uh start a podcast uh yeah so it's, I guess, a lot of, we've already touched on a little bit, is that um, representation has just been I one of the most helpful, I mean, I guess I'm speaking for myself, of course, I'm, I'm sure I think Brianna feels the same way, though, um, that we've, we've obviously, as we've said, have very different, very different experiences up till this point, and very different um, amounts of treatment that we've gone through I haven't been and I haven't done nearly as much official or like clinical counseling or been medicated most of my life or things like that right so um so I know at least for me um in the past uh few months here I've actually my situation is that I've um lost my job in April um which I guess I will if I'm being really honest with myself partly uh credit to the virus um but even if i'm crediting it to that uh the other part is because i kind of because i had a meltdown and uh broke my foot i kind of was just in that mode and i wasn't really able to control myself and i kicked my wall and broke yeah. my foot um so <laughs> i wasn't able to and then the disability didn't work out things kind of went wrong from there um but also because i can't wear i don't like things I have, I have a really big thing about things touching my neck or my face, um, which you can imagine until this point right. in my life has not really been a problem at all. It's kind of been more like, oh, I don't wear turtlenecks in the winter, or I cut a little, I cut a little V in most of my t-shirts, like if the neck is, if the collar is too tight. So that's not a big deal until right. 2020 and the virus hits and everyone has to wear a mask. And I just say, okay, I guess I'll stay home for a few months. Um, so that's where my life has been. So in that, in those few months, uh, I, I think um, when so Brianna getting her diagnosis is what kind of got me into it and kicked off this. Um, I guess I'll just say I always shy away from using these words because I haven't, I don't have a lot of you know official diagnosis and haven't been checked up on since I was a kid. So I keep I keep trying to not use these words, but I don't know why. Um, uh, this hyperfixation, I will just say, with um, like TikToks, I think we brought up is the initially what got us into it. But watching people's TikToks and YouTube videos yes. and on Instagram and people's reading people's blogs, just anything out, any information out there that's content that we can consume that is representation of real, real people in the community that are actually out there living with real, been diagnosed and are dealing with. Yeah, things in real yeah. time. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm, it's so there's validating. There's a girl on my phone. 
and she feels exactly the same way I do. I'm not crazy. <laughs> um, and I just, yeah. yeah. And just to kind of add for a long time. So when I sent her a TikTok yeah, and I said, I'm not yeah. crazy, right? This sounds like me. Um, <laughs> um, so just having, you know, but not everybody has that. Yeah. yeah. Understands and is going through kind of the same things all the time. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of what we want to do. We everybody's best friends and just sit down and be very real and frank about what life looks like for us and so hopefully it reaches one person or 10 people or great <laughs> you know maybe we can change yeah. some lives and yeah it feels people. good yeah. so that's know, awesome seek out some that, help for what they're going through like or just a feel a little from, bit better uh, every day so that have kids on the spectrum and like doctors and therapists and experts and everything like that but mm -hmm. rarely do you hear uh from people <laughs> like you that are you know, living, living with these, uh, living with it. And you can, uh, talk about your experiences, good and bad, you know, what works, what doesn't work, things like that. And really right. help people. That's the goal. That's <laughs> yeah. It's, it's been a learning so far and I just, you know, <laughs> the start of the podcast was we were sitting around, we were talking, we talk, we, it's, talk to each other uh quite a bit every day um and we're just sitting there talking about it like <laughs> I realize now yeah. that this thing that i've done my whole life is stimming or i you know we wanted to be able to share it with other people so that they can see like yeah yeah i'll go through the same weird process of kind of self-realization whether it's about <laughs> or yeah. anything else really That's in great. life it's That's just awesome. that like that awesome. Makes now, sense. when when is your that first episode sense. going to drop? All right. Coming up. January 7th. Find you on Instagram so they can January keep up and uh, keep up with you both and uh, set remote. The best place to find us right now is at uh, not Discord right now, but just a link to our um, launching on Spotify. Have it on Google Podcasts and Apple Music. I um, so yeah, all that good stuff. We're going to be launching it everywhere, nice. so there will awesome. be a I lot to listen to it. of ways to listen. <laughs> yeah, thank you both for coming on and being so open and honest. Yeah, thanks for having us. Much. Here we are, three weeks away from Christmas, so I am going to leave you guys with a Christmas dad joke. What does a gingerbread what does a gingerbread man use to keep his bed warm? A cookie sheet. I'll talk to you guys next week. As always, follow me on Instagram at the Spectrum Dad Pod. Go follow Brianna and Esther at Disorderly Conduct Media. Make sure to tune in in January to their new podcast. I'm sure it's going to be amazing. And I will talk to you guys next week. See ya.